go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who I'm picking? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. You guys are seeing the headline right now. That's We're going to talk a little bit about Fran Brown. That's Fran Brown and how really the loss of Fran Brown is actually shows it's really kind of big flex for the Georgia Bulldogs on the recruiting trail. You want to know what I'm talking about by that? Do you like when you're your Before the Hedges host brought to you by Kroger uses the word flex in the opening to their show. Sure you do. Uh, anyway, guys, welcome in. How's everybody doing? What's up? Everybody Everybody feeling good about the game on Saturday? Um, Kirby Smart doesn't say this, but like internal dog nation uh, thoughts are Georgia has reached a point in its program where it plays a three-game season. They play the SEC championship game. They advance to the college football playoffs, and that really – Right now, the zone that the dogs are in, that kind of determines the legacy. That kind of determines the imprint for this team right now, considering the incredible tear they're on 29 straight games. So we got a good show for you tonight. We're going to have our dog of the week. Uh, it's kind of funny, guys. When we started the show tonight, we were sitting there while we were waiting on the 8 o'clock hour. We were like trying to discuss like what our favorite Christmas movies are. There's a lot of contenders. Um what is your favorite Christmas movie? While we're sitting there warming up the bus and getting out of the gate, I'd like to know what your favorite Christmas movie is of all time. Share it, please. That's not our question of the week here on Dog Nation Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. But we got like, hold on, we got like the Adams Family Christmas tree. Let me get it in the shot there. Look at that. Look at that. That's a Brandon Adams special right there. But on Before the Hedges, we're going to do a lot of things tonight. We're going to have our Dog of the Week. We're going to talk about Fran Brown and how... Um, the loss of Fran Brown actually is a good thing for the dogs. Or not a good thing, but it just shows how well Georgia gets down on the recruiting trail. Second thing we got, we got like our we've got to highlight the dogs that are still alive in the state playoffs of their respective states. We got a list of that. Pretty striking the ones still available in, in the senior class, but pretty impressive also the ones that are still alive in the 2025 class, those commitments as well. Uh, we've got kind of a great back end of our show, a David Sanders special, uh, the five-star offensive tackle out of Providence Day in Charlotte. We're going to package together some really cool content from his state championship game right before the Tennessee weekend. We're going to package that together on Before the Hedges along with a really good look. I was promising you guys this, a really good look at what we see here, the 2025 top targets. As of now, can we, we can call this kind of the working 1.0 uh, mock top template, top targets list template right now. Uh, we, we, we're even going, we got our question of the week. Great stuff on David Sanders, but we've also got a really special treat for you. It's not even part of the big six. It just makes me cool, makes me feel cool, uh, makes me feel pretty patriotic. I just think it's pretty cool anytime I watch it. It's a performance featuring the parent of a current Georgia Bulldog commit or a Georgia Bulldog commit and a future signee. Um, I shared this on social media a while back. People loved it. I'm sure you guys will too. Uh, I've been promising you guys that for a couple weeks now. But with all that having been said, let's jump right into uh, our big five right now. Put your five hands up in the air. I want to know about those Christmas movies. I'm going to be looking, and Kaylee's going to be looking behind the glass. Uh, I'm sure some contenders are. Maybe we could play the... The Dog Nation libation uh, contest, maybe, maybe not. This is a family show, but um, anytime I see like a like a Christmas story, maybe a Miracle on 34th Street, uh, Elf, 
anytime I see one of those, maybe we should have a, a bell like from It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, every time we see one of those pop up, an angel gets his wings here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Can you guys tell I'm in the Christmas spirit? Like I got a text from my wife that our Christmas tree was, we picked it up and it is uh, up in the house and now we just have, they're waiting on me to get home to deliver it or at least decorate it. So that's pretty cool. So that's why I'm kind of in the Christmas spirit a little bit with you guys. But first, let's talk about Fran Brown. Let's talk about why that was a pretty big flex for Georgia recruiting. And what do I mean that? Well, because first of all, Fran Brown is the number one recruiter in the country for 24-7 sports. The current number one uh, recruiter for the Recruiter of the Year title. How do they put that together? Here's what they do. They basically give you points, give a recruiter points, and that's an assistant coach at a program. For all the recruits, he had an instrumental hand or where, where he was the lead recruiter in recruiting. And that was Fran Brown. Lots of guys, two Jersey guys, Nair Daniels, um, Jordan Thomas, there's also Ellis Robinson IV, uh, DeMello Jones, Andre Evans, and then there's also the, uh, the two guys out there in Texas. He was actually the initial offer for a lot of that. But you see Coach Fran there. And really what he did is it's a show of honesty for Fran. He told all the guys that he was recruiting, he's like, listen, I'm going to stay here at Georgia unless I get a head job, a head coaching job. And maybe it's one of those schools that if I get a chance to bounce and go to one of those schools, I'm gone. I just want to let you know that's my professional goal. And he was totally upfront and honest with him. He's like, that's what I want to do. He said, he told him, he's like, man, I'm probably about two or three years out. I don't think I've never been a coordinator. I don't think I'll be able to get one of those head jobs out the gate. But Fran Brown earned that job at Syracuse. I think he's going to do a great job for the Orangemen. But one of the things he did is he was totally honest with him. The recruits knew that. The other thing Georgia did, which I think really shows how they're recruiting at a level kind of not unlike anybody else in college football, they're the number one recruiting class in the country for 2024. We got that. We're going to throw up a lot of ones right here. Fran Brown was the number one recruiter in the country based on the targets and commitments to Georgia that he was the lead or co-lead recruiter on. But then what Georgia did is they made sure that relationship to Georgia was not just Fran Brown. For Ellis Robinson IV, for instance, it was Will Muschamp. It was Kirby Smart. Um, Nicole Robinson, the mother of five-star cornerback Ellis Robinson IV, told me, it's, it's David Cooper, the director of recruiting and relations. It's Miss Christina Harris, the director of recruiting administration. It's Angela Kirkpatrick. It's Logan Reed, co-directors of recruiting for Georgia. It's kind of like the whole family, the way they get recruiting. They develop a relationship, and they, they, never keep, they never take their foot off the gas, as Mrs. Robinson told me, in terms of making you feel warm, making you feel welcome. It's kind of the same way it was with Andre Evans, another defensive back commitment, that Georgia just flipped away from LSU recently within the last six weeks. But he wanted to go to Georgia. He knew Kirby Smart would always be there. He knew Will Muschamp was going to stay there for a while. And he just knew that if you're going to play defense, if, you, if you're going to choose Georgia, you choose Georgia for Kirby and the connection and all those people in the building. And not just a lead recruiter that's pretty stinking good at what he does. I mean, really, Fran Brown is amazing. It was, it was amazing. If, if someone had to say, Jeff, which recruiter on staff do you think has done the best job for Georgia over the last two years? I'd think of three names, probably. I'd think of, and I can't say, you can't, we can't say Kirby with this thought bubble right here because Kirby's kind of the closer. Kirby is the guy that kind of makes everything go. But 
Uh, I'd say Fran Brown's in that list. I'd say Todd Hartley's in that list. And I'd say Glenn Schumann is in that list. And I'd probably put a guy like Stacey Searles right there in that list as well. He's doing a fabulous job as well. But Fran Brown, as good as anybody. And what happens when he goes and takes a head coaching job? Really nothing. Like, it's a story that writers have to write that cover recruiting about how this affects the dogs, how this affects the dogs in their class. But really it doesn't because of, one, the honesty that Fran Brown had from the jump with all those recruits and major targets he was on. And number two, how Georgia doesn't, just doesn't recruit with a one alpha five star recruiter, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a mob, like that, like that necklace that uh, Fran Brown hands out after every game, the strap mob necklace. Georgia does it very well, and it's not just one or two guys at Georgia doing it very well at all. That, my friends, is the first element, the first op- option tonight on our uh, Dog Nations uh, before the hedges. Brought to you by Kroger. That's number one. Number two. And I wish I would have my Atomic Dog theme music playing. We're going to get that some way. I've got to sit there and I've got to go Dog of the Week. Our Dog of the Week this week is one of those dogs that's currently alive in the state playoffs. The Virginia High School League state playoffs. Fun fact with Jeff here. I used to cover high school sports. One of my first jobs out of college was I was covering high school sports, uh, the University of Virginia, and the Washington Redskins. So it was like a couple days on each of those beats a week. And I was covering uh, high school sports in, in Virginia. It was, I'll never forget Virginia. It's where I, my wife and I saw it snow like 22, 23 inches in one day. But Chris Cole is alive in the Virginia High School League playoffs. His team at Salem High School won again last week. They're playing again this week. They're alive this week. And check out what he did in a runaway win for Salem High School. First of all, check out that dog of the week action right there. Chris Cole, six tackles. He had one pick six. That was a 57-yard pick six. He broke up two passes. Those are called PBUs for those that want to be in the know with their inner statistician uh, talk for Christmas. He also had two catches for 35 yards as an X receiver and as a Y receiver. So he played both ways in a big win. Get this. He's got three career pick sixes, and Chris Cole has done – Two of those in back-to-back weeks in the Virginia High School League playoffs. Check out this video we got here of Chris Cole laying the wood, making that pick six roll uh, here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Chris Cole, one of those guys that you see uh, committed to play George linebacker for Georgia. Funny thing about Chris is he was a linebacker only this year. He was a safety a year ago for Salem High at in, in Virginia making a bunch of plays uh, we got we were able to put together some video I think of Chris we'll wait a little bit on that but Chris was on it he was on one this week he had a 57 yard pick six got the ball laid the wood on another big play I want you guys to see this video and also kind of did a suplex and then the third thing for Chris Cole what he did is he broke up a bunch of big plays again Georgia linebacker commitment. He's risen to the number 42 player in the country. He is part of a tremendous linebacker class for Glenn Schumann and the University of Georgia. Chris Cole, my friends, out of Salem High School in Salem, Virginia. Chris Cole is our dog 
of the week here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. We got some video. Of, we'll get to him a little bit later. We'll show it to you maybe a little bit, a little bit later in the show, or I'll make sure I tweet out something with the Chris Cole video here uh, on Dog Nation's Before the Hedges. That's number two. Number three, we kind of teased you. We kind of told you that uh, Chris Cole was alive in the Virginia High School League state playoffs, and it is mighty cold up there in Virginia right now, but he's not the only Georgia dog, future Georgia Bulldog, that is alive in the state playoffs. Most schools now are either in the semis or the finals. Kind of depends on the states. Kind of depends on the brackets. For instance, Nair Daniels, part of the uh, Bergen Catholic Crusaders, the big-time offensive lineman, about 6'7", 6'7", plus, 360 pounds plus with nimble feet. Uh, Nair Daniels and his Bergen Catholic Crusaders won a state title last week. So he's not playing, but his team won their last game. Let's take a look at this right there. The number of dogs in the 2024 and 2025 class that are still playing. First off the list, you got uh, the biggest man on just about any campus, Daniel Calhoun out of Walton. Walton will be playing Camden County this weekend in the GHSA Class 7A semifinals. You got Chris Cole. I believe he's in the semifinal round as well in the Virginia High School League. Andre Evans. I'm actually going to see Andre Evans play tomorrow in Chattanooga. The Tennessee High School State Championships are tomorrow at the campus of Tennessee Chattanooga, now known as Chattanooga. Andre's playing with his team. Uh, They'll be playing um, Christ Presbyterian Academy. They play at noon. I'll be there covering that one for Dog Nation. The dogs flipped him away from LSU. Nate Frazier was a part of a modern-day team that knocked off uh, St. John Bosco in uh, California. They won uh, one of the divisions of the California, the CIF championships. They've got another final penultimate state championship game coming up in a couple of weeks out in California. Namelo Jones and Swainsboro, they're still alive, trying to get back to the GHSA Class 1A Division, uh, w- Division 2. Uh, state championships, I believe. He's still alive with the Swainsboro Tigers. Malachi Tolliver, the three-star offensive tackle out of Cartersville. Cartersville is still alive as well in the GHSA state playoffs. And guys, look at this. These are all the 2025s, and Georgia only has eight 2025 public commitments at the time. But look at that. Look at all the 2025 dogs, the the juniors right now that are playing Bo Walker, that's Cedar Grove, Justice Terry, that's Manchester High School in Manchester, kind of on a collision course with Sly County uh, as well uh, in the class, I believe 2A bracket right there. You got Elise Williams um, now at Camden County, 2025. He's going to face Daniel Calhoun and Walton High School as well. And then this is a guy that's name still shows up on the commitment board, Jerry Wallace Coleman, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Emotep Institute in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His team is 13-0. and That's, That squad is still alive in the, in the Philadelphia High School State Playoffs. Uh, same high school where Tyke Smith went to high school as well. Those are them dogs that are still chasing championships uh, in the high school football state playoffs. Getting a little sad. We, were, we started off our show with all these happy memories about Christmas, but I don't know about you. But when I... I'm kind of like both ways. I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. This is the level, the SEC championships, the 
Georgia High School State Championships. She got state championship games all over the country. But then at the same time, I know that knocking on the door is almost the end of that season. Um, and that's really tough to take because it feels like it feels like we flew by. I cannot imagine. I feel like I blo- we, we all blinked our eyes from Jacksonville, and here we are today at the SEC Championship game. Or we all blinked our eyes from watching Carson Beck and Brock Bowers essentially walk on water in that fourth quarter in order to bring the dogs back in Jordan-Hare. And then Alabama showed everybody how hard it is to win in Jordan-Hare uh, this past week, actually, as well in Auburn. But that's number three. Number four, the back half of our big five, we're going to take a good look at the 2025 class. I promised you guys a couple weeks ago that um, we're going to show out, we're going to bring up our early mocks for the top target lists for the class of 2025. Take a look. This is my kind of working biggest model right now. Um, Cortez Smith, Parkview High School, Lilburn, Georgia. I think he's a guy that would be an ideal fit for the dogs. And uh, these are the top targets. I'm remaining, you know, kind of up in the air, but these are the early top targets that I see for the 2025 class. Jalen Wiggins, really impressed with this young man out of Tallahassee, Florida, a defensive lineman. He visited Georgia recently. Cameron Sparks, uh, he plays with Will, Mus- Will Muschamp's son at Baylor High School in uh, Chattanooga. Cameron Sparks will be playing tomorrow night as well uh, in the Tennessee High School State Championships as well. Number seven, Amari Williams out of North Palm Beach, Florida. He's a teammate of uh, the Georgia running back Chauncey Bowens. Uh, he's a 2025. That's the son of Bo, Bo Williams, the uh, – Incredible all-everything SEC back that came out of Kentucky. pair of Westlake guys are at 5-6, and six, Juan Gaston Jr. Juan did make it to the Tennessee for the Georgia-Tennessee game up in Knoxville a couple weeks ago. He got to see the dogs really show out and show up. Travis Smith Jr., same thing. He's seen Georgia a lot. I think he's the early wide receiver priority. Number four is the number one corner in the country, Naeem Offord, out of Parker High School in Birmingham, Alabama. Five-star, really impressive prospect there. Number three, Zayden Walker, also alive in the Georgia High School State Playoffs out of Sly County, out of Sly County in Ellaville, Georgia. Number two, Elijah Griffith, his Savannah Christian team, another five-star. They're also, they're also alive in the Georgia High School State Playoffs. Uh, the Raiders of Savannah Christian will actually travel to Carver Columbus on Friday night in the GHSA semifinals. Elijah Griffith, Elijah Griffin is the number one prospect for a lot of uh, services right now in the class of 2025. But number one, three-time state champion already, David Sanders Jr. out of Providence Day in Providence, excuse me, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've seen him a bunch. He certainly looks like one of the very best high school prospects I've ever seen. Throw in Elijah Griffin there as well. And really, haven't gotten to know and cover David a little bit for the last two seasons. He has an impressive story. He's got a wonderful family. But I saw him uh, two Friday nights ago prior to the Tennessee game. It's kind of weird rules in the state of North Carolina. Raven Gap, not eligible to play in the Georgia High School Association because they have They have kids that are 18 and 19 plus years old, 19 and 20 years old. They have high school graduates, kind of a boarding school. They bring in players from Europe, so that's why they're not eligible in Georgia. They have to play in the North Carolina Independent Schools Association. That's where Providence Day plays, and I want you to look at this video. It's kind of a Dog Nation conversation. It's kind of a, 
it's kind of a David Sanders highlight reel at the same time uh, from the state championship game at Rabin Gap. Really impressive player. I know people are saying, oh, Jeff, David Sanders is the number three prospect. Elijah Griffin is rated higher. I want you to watch this video, and you tell me where you would rank a player like this uh, in the class of 2025 on the top targets for before the hedges. A little context here. David played the entire season this year for Providence Day with an injured shoulder. David Sanders had surgery on that shoulder today. You want to see what a really special football player looks like? Check this out right now. Part of our Dog Nation conversation here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Shoulder? Well, you've been dealing with it all year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I'll be all right. I bet you will. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I think you played three seasons. you got three championships yes, now? Yes, sir. Three for three. What's this like, man? Can you describe it? Nonetheless, best season, best group. Can't, can't be around the better people, guys. So proud of them. Three peace stage yet. I'm so happy we can't go back to work as soon as we get back for the fourth one. This one has to be the sweetest because yes, of the comeback, right? For sure. I mean, they battled their asses off. They came to TD last year, I mean, a couple weeks ago, and beat us on our home field. The mindset all few weeks is winning the last play of the game, and we did that today. Uh, so we're just built for that that state championship, and I'm so proud of these guys. Your dad yes, grabs you and hugs you after yes, the game. I think you'll always remember that. What was that like for you? Nothing. Uh, my dad's my biggest supporter since I was a little kid. I mean, I can't ask for no better support system than my family, and they're just amazing. I can't. I'm just so happy right now. Yes, sir. Let's 
How are you going to top this your senior year? Have you thought about that yet? Yeah, I know, right? So now I really got to win my senior year because every, every class before me won in their senior year. So I'm looking forward to leading my, my 2025 class to another state championship. You're going to go to Tennessee tomorrow. I'm sure you're going you're gonna to be a guest of the Vols, but are you going to be looking at the dogs a little bit? Like, you know, no, you can't. You can't shy away from looking at the dogs. So I'm excited to see that game. It's going to be a high return game. I love the atmosphere at Tennessee. I heard it's crazy, so I just can't wait to see the game. Have you ever been to a game in Tennessee before? No, sir. I've only heard about it. So, I, I, you know, I'm, you've been to a lot of visits this year. I know Georgia put you front row. Where did everybody else put you? Are you like, is it kind of? Uh, they're the only one that put me front row, really. Uh, everybody else is kind of scattered around, but they made the priority that. David Sanders is committed to North Carolina. Thought of other schools going. Probably smart going. Um... I don't know. Like, did you get a message from the coaches this week? Or like, you know, I don't think, I think Kirby's dad lives up here. Yeah, he, he was actually at the game today, him and his mom. Oh, is this when you start thinking about recruiting now since yeah. you've been posed all this yes, stuff? Sir, uh, yeah, we'll definitely start sit down and have these serious conversations with my family about the recruiting process and then we'll just go from there. But honestly, for me, it's no rush. Um, I don't feel pressured to commit to any school right now at all. So um, whatever time that I'm ready to commit, that's what I'll do. I'm sure you've been watching the dogs, watching them yes, keep sir. winning. What's your thoughts of how they're performing right now? Uh, they're playing amazing obviously a lot of people are saying they're not georgia how they used to be but i mean you're playing solid football and winning games you can't actually think better than that i think you're stacking up moments right now you had that one with your dad probably you'll always treasure and then your mom comes and finds you and like it looked like a hallmark movie like what are you going to think about that like what's that like uh, definitely. i mean my family is my support system i don't do anything without my family all my visits i'm with my family you always catch me with my family so it was just a surreal moment to have with them knowing i won my first state championship and i can just see nothing but joy in their faces. Uh, the amount of effort that my parents put into my life is just un unmatched from anybody. So I love them tremendously and I'm happy to share that moment. David, last question. I think you're going to have a lot more of these. Yes, sir. But tonight, right now, in this moment, is this your ultimate moment on the football field? Yes, sir, for sure. This is my ultimate moment as of right now. Uh, just the brotherhood I've built with these guys, I'm just so happy. David Sanders, man, thank you, sir. Appreciate yes, sir. your time as always. It. Thank you. I was sitting there chatting with some folks on YouTube right now. So lots of things about David Sanders. I, I'm going to have a story, another story on David. I wrote about him earlier today, but I'm going to have another story on David later this week. Um, one of the things, and folks, he's a five-star offensive tackle. Let me make sure and make that clear. Number one offensive tackle in the country. Uh, he is a guy that um, on his staff, if you can believe this, on the staff at Providence Day is former Georgia Bulldog, Robert Gethers. Everybody remember Robert Gethers, the big pass rusher um, about 20 years ago? He kind of coaches the defensive ends, the edge rushers, and that's what David does, you know, part-time. He plays both ways, especially in a big game. But he said right now, right now he is Miles Garrett. He is what Miles Garrett would look like in high school. Mind you, Miles Garrett plays edge, defensive end. David Sanders is an offensive tackle, but what he does – uh, also on the football field for Providence Day, he said that Robert Gathers, a guy that would know a whole lot about playing defensive end and getting to the football, he thinks that right now, Miles Garrett as a defensive end is a great player parallel for this age right now for David Sanders Jr. And folks, that's not even the best thing he does on the football field. That's why I think this young man is special. He's like, Standing broad jump is not too far behind where like Nolan Smith was in high school. And this kid is 6'6", about 270, 272, 274, depending. 
Uh, he can power clean over 320 pounds with that frame and those long arms. He can bench press over 350 pounds. He can do 225 almost 20 times for reps. Uh, and that guy is a guy that I think absolutely Georgia needs to land in the 2025 class. You want to talk about culture guys. You want to talk about you want to talk about a player who is a culture accelerator to have a great foundational anchor for culture in your class, in your locker room. That would be a young man like David Sanders, really special kid. Uh, Chad Greer, the head coach at Providence Day, told me like two years ago, he's the best prospect he's ever coached. That includes Chad saw uh, Andrew Thomas in high school. He saw Jamari Salyer in high school at All-American Games. His son, Will Greer, was a quarterback at Florida, a quarterback at West Virginia. He was a number 100 overall pick. He coached Monroe Freeling, the Georgia freshman offensive tackle. He said over a year ago, like last June, that in last June before his sophomore season that David Sanders Jr. was the best prospect he's ever coached. Not not best player, best prospect. And David Sanders has only gotten bigger, faster, and stronger, and better uh, since then. It's going to be a huge race for him. I think the dogs are right in it. Um, Alabama's a team to watch. You saw in that, those highlights, that special championship memory. Um, he was wearing some Tide gloves. He was wearing some Tide. I think he had a Tide towel on. Uh, Clemson's big there. Uh, Tennessee's big there. Ohio State's big there. Florida State's big there. North Carolina's big there as well. Going to have a big decision to make. But right now, uh, Georgia is positioned itself about as well as it can be for a huge national decision that will probably come I don't know it probably come June maybe something like that uh he's David's told me before he wanted to have his decision made maybe in March but it gets keeps getting harder and harder he doesn't feel any pressure so that one was going to be a very tough recruitment for Georgia to land but it's one of those recruitments that you give it all you got Georgia will have to um Georgia will have to bring it. Georgia will have to flex all that recruiting muscle we talked about in the beginning of our show about how well Georgia does things. You know, just little things. Like I noticed that when Georgia had uh, David Sanders Jr. Um, in the stands earlier this year for the Kentucky game, they had him front row. They had him front row with his three adorable sisters, with his mom and dad. And David Sanders has went to other places. He's went to Florida State. He's went to Alabama. He's went to Clemson. He's been to North Carolina. He's been to Tennessee. There's only one school that put him in the front row. Little things like that. That was the University of Georgia. That's how he knows he's a priority to this staff and how much it would mean to this staff to sign him as a part of the Bulldogs in the class of 2025. That's a good that's a good dose of David Sanders. That's the intel you guys come here for. But now, something that's just going to make you smile. It's going to make you probably uh, want to run through a brick wall or at least as if there was one more thing necessary to like Ryan Puglisi and the attitude he has coming to play for Georgia. I want to show you this, and this will make you smile. This is his mom, Megan Puglisi. And this is her before senior night. She was given the honor, she was given the extreme honor to sing our national anthem prior to the Avon Old Farms senior night game. Check it out. You're going to love it. It went crazy on social media when I tweeted it out a while back. This is Megan Puglisi, the mother of Georgia quarterback commitment, Ryan Puglisi, here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. 
Check that out, folks. Mama Pug. I used to, I kidded with Ryan when he showed me that video. <coughs> Excuse me. He was bragging on his mama. And I said, man, I used to think you were the most talented Puglisi in the family. But now you, you're going to take a back seat. Let me, let me show you. Like, you know, it's one of those things you want to sit there and clap for. We got, we got Dog Nation team members with their hands over their hearts. They're saluting in the control room. I hope you got, now, we do a lot of stuff on this show. But if there's anything, now, I'm not a guy that trolls for likes. I don't throw out, hey, subscribe to our channel. Hopefully our content does that. Um, but that's something. If anything, you wanted to spam that finger, you wanted to double tap the like button right there, that's something right there from Mama Pug, Ryan Puglisi's mother, Megan Puglisi. You want to talk about talented? I love the back end of that video where Ryan was like, gosh, you killed it. Like, or as the young folks say, you bodied that one right there. You killed it. Tore it up. I really, really, I, I mean, that's one of those things. You see me smiling. That's one of the things that make you smile. And here's Jeff kind of tying everything together. We talked about Christmas movies at the beginning. Who remembers how Christmas Vacation ends? It ends with the ant, um, with the play, with the, singing the Star Spangled Banner, singing our national anthem. But nobody in that entire classic movie can sing quite like Megan Puglisi. Really great. I'm glad I finally got to share that with you guys here on Before the Hedges. Um, just an incredible performance. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, that's another reason, like I said earlier, another reason for everybody out there to, uh, to really like and appreciate the Puglisi family and what they're going to bring to the University of Georgia. Um, I, I, you, know, you know what I think it is? I think it's question of the week time. I think it's question of the week. This is one of those things each and every week where uh, we give you guys a question. It's got to make you guys think, you know, that Arsenio Hall, hmm, things that make you go, hmm. And I could make the question of the week, who sang it better? Our own Kaylee Mansell or Megan Puglisi? Uh, she's, she's still after me for using that body comment. She's like, that's not, as, that's not as cool as you think it is, Jeff, that type of thing right there. But our question of the week, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, this is the portion of the season where Georgia has finished its regular season. So I want you guys to think about that. This week's question of the week is who is your regular season Georgia MVP up to this point? We got some haymakers here. We got some really tough ones right here. Is it Carson Beck? 
Is it Brock Bowers? Is it Malachi Starks? Or is it the ultra-dependable Cedric Von Prawn Granger? Um, you know how I feel about Cedric Von Prawn Granger on this show. And to see a lineman uh, in the MVP consideration there shows just how valuable I think SVPG is to the Georgia Bulldogs. You guys got a thought on that one? Who's your regular season MVP? Um Share it. Let everybody know. Like This is kind of your ballot box right here. I've got a vote. Everybody's going to say, Jeff, you're going to help us out here. Agree to disagree, but I think the MVP right now for the season is Carson Beck. Uh, the way he's played, he has given Georgia fans – this is an impossible question. He's made Georgia fans think, is Georgia just as good at quarterback as it was a year ago? Has there been a drop-off? Has there been a, a slight ascent? Uh, one thing about Carson is he just takes care of the football. He doesn't put Georgia in bad situations where sometimes the great Stetson Bennett would have have fans and coaches alike going, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, good job. Good job, Stetson. Good job, Stetson. You know, you don't see that with Carson. Takes care of the football, very accurate, big arm. He does feel like a surgeon out there just carving up defenses. I think that's one area where Georgia um, will have the edge on um, Alabama on Saturday. You saw the way Carson – Beck brought Georgia back against Auburn. Cool, calm, collected, comfortable, crisp, completion, completion, completion. And where it's kind of Alabama had to do it kind of a different way, kind of off book, off script. Um, of course, Brock Bowers would probably get a lot more votes, deserving votes, if uh, he played the entire season. And really, you know, Malachi is a guy that, you know, he's probably the defensive MVP this year, should win the Thorpe Award, might win it twice. But you know, Malachi's a guy that he may be the best overall player on Georgia's team um, in terms of pure football player. When you think about what he could do on the offensive side that nobody's even seen yet, uh, his offensive skill talent, I believe, I've seen it, guys, would rival uh, what Brock Bowers does for Georgia with the ball in his hands, but he's so valuable to the defensive side that the dogs don't need to call on Malachi for something like that. It's funny, I saw him warming up before the Georgia Tech game, guys, and he was catching balls one-handed. He was he was one-handed him, he was OBJing him, and then he was trying to drag his feet, and he had his Beats headphones on, and he caught the ball, made an athletic play, and the Beats headphones kind of came out from all the physics and inertia. And what does Malachi do? He snatches the Beats before they hit the ground. I mean, really, it was great fodder for a – uh, beats by Dre commercial if it wanted to be because it was a very impressive show of athleticism athleticism, athleticism he did just kind of chilling just kind of hanging out before the Georgia Tech game that my friends we've went through your big five we've went through our question of the week now it's time to see what the commitment board looks like um, we try to do this each and every week. Everybody kind of goes like, okay, Jeff, what's different? What's new? Can you tell me something new about this? Let's kind of go through it right now, what the commitments look like. Um, you saw Mama Pug from Ryan Puglisi. Dylan Riola and his Buford Wolves fell in the quarterfinals of the Georgia High School State Playoffs last week <clears throat> to um, Grayson High School. I think Riola was 12 out of 16, about 150 yards. He was sacked a whole bunch of times, constantly under pressure. Uh, Nate Frazier was part of a team that won the California, the CIF state championship. Nitro Tuggle. Guys, Nitro had a brilliant game last week. If he was our silver medal winner for the Dog of the Week honor um, last week, he had a couple kickoff returns. He had 159 yards receiving, two touchdowns. He played defense. He was all over the place for his uh, um, high school team that lost 
it wasn't really close. They got, I think they got beat 42 to 14 or 48 to 14, but Nitro Tuggle had a great game. Uh, Colton Heinrich, uh, his team lost last week as well in the Florida high school playoffs. Uh, going down the list, I mentioned Nair Daniels earlier. His team won his Bergen Catholic Crusaders, won the state title. Malachi Tolliver still alive. Daniel Calhoun still alive. That's your breakdown on offense. Uh, let's go to the Drew Miller slide. Number one part in the country. Dual threat. Drew Miller, unrated. Uh, came out to see uh, the dogs play recently. Came out to watch Dylan Riola play. Uh, recently made All-Iowa. That sounds somehow more impressive than All-State. But uh, he made All-Iowa uh, as a punter. Probably could have made it as an athlete, what he did, throwing the ball and running the ball. I know we make sure to talk about his exploits each and every week here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Now, defensive side of the ball. Let me tell you something. Um, one of the things I wanted to include, uh, and I tell you, Miss Kaylee does her best with that defensive line group right now. She's going to kill me when Georgia might have another one or two to add to this list. Um, defensive line, what I can tell you right now, well, I'll save that for top targets, but listen to this. Um, recent thing, everybody, I've, I've seen this question a lot. I know Kaylee's collecting questions to, to, to pepper me with during our, our Q&A segment. So if you got one of those, drop it below. She'll collect it if it's a good one. If you bring it, Kaylee will find you, and we'll talk about you here on Dog Nations Before the Hedges. But listen to this. I've seen this a lot. Folks, Ellis Robinson is a dog, not going anywhere. Mama Robinson said so. He's been very warm to the idea of being a bulldog for over a year. I wrote about that on dognation.com when the rumors started to spike about Fran Brown in Syracuse. Uh, Andre Evans remains uh, very committed to the dogs, but this is what uh, DeMello Jones told me recently. He said, my commitment is still locked in. I'm proud of Coach Fran for the opportunity that he has gotten, but I still have to move on. It just comes with the business. I believe and trust in Coach Smart and Coach Muschamp. Uh, very adult way of looking at that. DeMello Jones knows that Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp will make sure that an absolute guru of the position will be working with DeMello Jones in college with his career in there at Georgia's hands, and he's quite confident with it. You saw the linebackers. Chris Cole was our dog of the week. Brought to you by Kroger. Uh, Justin Williams, five-star, number one linebacker in the country. Christopher Jones as well, recovering from season-ending surgery right there. That's what you got right now. Let's take a look at our recruiting breakdown map. This is the one that we still love showing it. Sometimes you kind of get lost looking at it. 28 commitments, number one nationally, 15 offense, 12 defense, 19 out-of-state, 9 in-state. The most commitments from one state is the Peach State. Um, Georgia has one offensive commitment among their top five highest-rated commits. At one time, that was better. That was about two or three. That was one of the big things for the class, getting those elite players on offense. Uh, the offensive players among the 10 highest-rated commitments for Georgia, and that is the top really 105 players in the country. Georgia has five of the top 105 players in the country coming in in this class to play on the offensive side. Georgia has found 11 commitments outside SEC country. And look at this, guys. This is just – we talked about Georgia kind of showing off. Look at those top 200 commitments. Georgia has 19. 10 offense, 9 defense. Almost all of those are on um, – almost all of those players in the top 200. Georgia has almost 
10% of the top 200 players in the country. Doesn't save much for the other 131 or so Division I programs. They have 16 top 150. That's more than 10% for all you Georgia Tech fans that are listening and watching this program right now that know all about your math. Uh, Top 100 commits, Georgia has nine. Top 50 commits, Georgia has six. That is your recruiting snapshot. And folks, we, we put the top targets list on the treadmill this week. Cut some names down. We dropped a name or two. These are the guys we feel that are contenders left. We're going to see Marcellus Barnes and McCauley play against Baylor High at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Dog Nation will be on the scene covering the Tennessee High School State Championships. Brian Taylor, the junior college prospect out of Houston, Texas. Now, he's visited – let me keep up with this. He's visited Oklahoma State. He's visited Auburn on officials. He's visited Georgia. He's visited Florida and Tennessee uh, and Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee over the last three weeks. Might go back to Florida. That visit to Florida was an unofficial, but he's going to finish his official visits. The Gators are going through some trouble right now. They lost their D-line coach. They lost their corners coach. They might lose some more commitments as well off their team. As they said, a bit adieu to Corey Raymond, the big-time defensive backs coach with a lot of street cred across the country. Um, Brian Taylor's going to make his decision after his official visits are over. Maybe give him a couple of weeks and he might make his decision there. And then Makai Barreau out of Creekside High School in Fairburn, Georgia. His Creekside team is still alive in the Georgia High School State playoffs. They're in the semifinals. Uh, Marcellus Barnes is one of those players that has grown to like Georgia a great deal. Coach Fran Brown was a a big part of that. But then Kirby Smart recently made a genuine connection with him on his last visit to Georgia. Marcellus might take an official. He's looking at Georgia and basically Ole Miss as his final contenders there. The two things Marcellus has told me that are important to him are development and location. Let me say that one more time. Development and location. Any geography majors out there, which school is the closest to Chattanooga, Tennessee uh, amongst Georgia and Ole Miss? Which school has the best development? Draw your own conclusions right there among your top remaining targets for 2024. We gave you guys a preview. We gave you guys an early uh, look, an early prototype of the top targets list for the 2025 class. We had a big profile on David Sanders, a big Dog Nation conversation. You saw some of those really special moments as Providence won its third consecutive state title. Now, folks, if you guys have been waiting, I know Kaylee's got them locked and loaded in the chamber here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Our live questions, live questions and answers. If you had a good one, Kaylee scooped it up, and we're going to talk right now. We're going to answer your questions here on BeforeTheHedges.com, brought to you by Kroger. Uh, First one, let's go to Randy Hall from DogNation.com. He wants to know if DeMello Jones is going to play safety. Can DeMello Jones play safety? Yeah, I think DeMello can play just about anything. He plays he plays running back, he plays quarterback, he plays some he played some receiver, he plays corner, and he plays safety. He's a deep safety right now for Swainsboro because he's largely their quarterback and primary ball carrier. He's rated as a safety. I think can, can DeMello, one of the things, one of the more under the radar storylines, Randy, for Georgia's 2023 recruits, excuse me, 2024 recruits during the 2023 recruiting cycle is you've seen DeMello keep creeping up that top 100 list. He's all the way up to number 60 in the country right now. He is a championship-level ball player. 
going to try to get back to the GHSA state championship game. Reminder, folks, the GHSA state championships are back in the bins. Well, not back in the bins. They're finally in the bins. And uh, DeMello Jones, I think, to answer your question, Randy, that would be a stone-cold Steve Austin. Heck yeah, in terms of can DeMello Jones play safety. This next one is from Tom Lavelle on Facebook. He wants to know how many UGA players entered the portal after the SEC championship game. Good question. Uh, I like the Tom, I think ones. it's a rite of passage. I'm not going to dilly-dally in the hole. I'm not going to dawdle in the hole. I think you're going to see double digits dog, dogs hit the portal. Our Connor Riley had a story last night where Darius Smith uh, entered the portal. I think you're going to see probably double-digit Bulldogs hit the portal. And people are like, ah, oh, man, that's tough. It's just guys want their opportunities. Not everybody's going to wait to play at Georgia. The other thing of their guys that some guys have been waiting for two or three years, and then they see more talented five-stars coming in, and they think – their window is kind of passed. And reminder, the way Georgia can have 28, 29, 31, 32 signees in this class, and because and I, I think they're going to go to the portal and get at least two wide receivers and at least two defensive linemen. I think the, the way Georgia keeps adding to these class and signing this many prospects in the 2024 class is there's the roster turnover. There's the roster churn that allows that to happen. Uh, continuing on the subject of the transfer portal, Mark Godfrey on Facebook wants to know if he if you think that we'll pick up a couple of defensive linemen out of the portal. Yep, correct. I do. I think the number's two, might even be three, depending on what happens with Makai Barrow and then also Brian Taylor. Uh, one of the things you've heard by keeping your ear to the ground is Trey Scott wants to bring in mature 22, 21-year-old defensive lineman. He can't pin uh, the hopes of a potential four-peat. Did I really just say four-peat here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger? Um, I know that's going to catch as much attention as Megan Puglisi uh, singing the national anthem as well and Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. But the way Georgia does that, they rebuild their defensive line. You're going to see them lose at least Zion Logue. I think they'll lose Nazir Stackhouse. They'll lose Warren Brinson, most likely Warren Brinson, Tramel Walthor. So there's about four or five names there across the defensive front that Georgia will see either move on to the NFL or move on to maybe another program via the transfer portal. So that's why Georgia's going to have to bring in a lot of value uh, from the portal in terms of those elite DLs. So this one's coming from Randy Payne off of YouTube, and a few other people are mentioning mentioning him. What about Trevor Etienne from Florida? What do we think he's going to yeah. do? Yeah, the, you want to sound like you know something at the tailgate or the water cooler on Saturday? Um, you got Florida fans on social media. I know Brandon would kind of chronicle this uh, story or this current developing situation a little differently, but uh, Trevor Etienne is a big-time football player, just like his, just like his brother. Uh, he's at Florida. Maybe Florida is not the most harmonious or the most uh, glowing prospects future for them to be at. So uh, Etienne, you've heard rumors about him going to command a lot of attention in the portal. You've heard rumors. The name's not in the portal yet. Um, this is a portal potential type player. Uh, you've heard like Notre Dame. You've heard other schools with him. But, I mean, should he jump into the portal, I know Georgia would take a good look at it. And, hey, the portal would probably mean it involves NIL for a proven player. But you see Georgia do that with Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas recently as well. 
the thing I think is interesting when you start thinking about ETN is you know how that fits in with the Georgia backfield because Kendall Milton's playing his way into the NFL. Everybody nod along. He's playing great right now, working his way up the NFL draft boards. Dejon Edwards won't be back, I believe, at Georgia. You know what's going to happen there? Is Branson Robinson going to be ready to play? Are those freshmen Dwight Phillips, Chauncey Bowens? Are those guys ready to play? What about Roderick Robinson? What about Andrew Paul? Um, Got to look at that. Georgia's bringing in three high school backs. Who else could they bring in to kind of make sure that number for running backs stay around five or six in the uh, for the twenty twenty four season? So ETN should he go? Should he pop his name in the portal? I think Georgia would be a contender there. Trey from Facebook wants to know your honest opinion on Brock Vandergriff leaving or staying next season. Honestly. I think it depends on what Carson does. I think there's a story right now on uh, dognation.com about how Carson Beck might be a prime NIL target. You think about the numbers that Stetson Bennett has gotten recently. Brock Bowers has gotten recently as one of the marquee you know, franchise-type players, we'll say here. We'll use some Madden video game technology here, uh, terminology here. And those, those NIL funds would be available for Carson Beck to maybe – incentivize him to stay one more season before going into the NFL draft. If Carson keeps playing like this, if Carson keeps winning, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's going to be very interesting. My honest thought there is if Carson goes to the goes to the NFL, I think Brock Vandegrift competes for the job in spring practice. Uh, if Carson Beck returns to Georgia, I think there's a lot of places in the SEC that would love to have a quarterback like Brock Vandegrift. And honestly, my, while we're a little little too ahead of that right now because we need the season to play out. We need to see how Carson finishes up. I don't think, in my honest opinion, it is a likely scenario with Brock Vandegrift graduating uh, this fall, having his degree, you know, for him to stay around and keep waiting. I don't, I don't think that's the most likely scenario to happen because I believe in Brock Vandegrift's talents. I believe Brock Vandegrift could light it up at Georgia right now. I believe Brock Vandegrift could light it up for a lot of schools in the SEC and major college football. And if Carson returns, I think the prospects of Brock Vandegrift returning is back up. Uh, they dim. Michigan Dog from DogNation.com wants to know if we would go after Wilson from Florida for, safe, for a safety. I don't think so. I think Kamari showed a lot by not being able to play for Florida. And is Kamari better than Jonel Aguero? I don't think so. Is, and Jonel's not even playing for Georgia right now. Is Kamari better than, uh, than Malachi Starks? Wouldn't even have to entertain that one right there. You sit there and look at Georgia's other safeties, who got, which ones are coming up the pipe. Uh, you know, I think J- Kamari, always a little bit undersized. I think Kamari Wilson, who Georgia really wanted a couple years ago, I think the fact that he's not gotten onto the field at Florida says a lot and uh, not been a contributor for Florida says a lot. I'd look for a school like Miami. And, hey, folks, speaking about Miami, probably the biggest recruiting news of the day, maybe even we'll wind up recruiting news of the week. Did you guys catch this? It was a five-star flip. Justin Scott, remember him? We talked about him earlier this cycle as a potential guy for the dogs. He took his official visit to Georgia. He chose Ohio State. Well, tonight, the U flipped Justin Scott away from Ohio State. Maybe that's some fallout from Michigan, that Michigan loss, and the Buckeyes losing their third straight game uh, to the Wolverines, their arch nemesis Wolverines. But a big flip there for Justin Scott as Miami tries to put together a defense uh, in Coral Gables. Marshall from Facebook wants to know, where are the edge rushers? 
<laughs> Where are the edge rushers everywhere, right? Where are the edge rushers in this class? You got to remember, guys, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., you watch him playing ball, right? You, you see a guy like Gabe Harris, right? Georgia signed three edge rushers in the last class. Samuel Mpemba is another one. Um, I think the reason why the edge rushers are not in this class, we can't forget Damon Wilson, a guy that I think has a chance to get double-digit sacks in the SEC for the Dogs. Another, another former five-star, Georgia, loaded up. Like, you know how everybody loaded up at Grandma's house on Thanksgiving last week with whatever you piled on that plate? Georgia loaded up with edge rushers in the last class. They've got a lot of budding, rising redshirt freshmen and sophomores. And what do we know about recruiting is when you go hard in the paint and you stack up a lot of players in one class because you needed those players to build depth, then it's going to hurt you with those elite prospects in the next class. That's what I think is up with the edge rushers right there. And we're going to take some uh, Christmas movie favorites. Oh, wow. Yeah, these are some good ones. Uh, Michael Clayton from YouTube says that his are A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. There seems to be a lot of It's a Wonderful Life. What does that say about our Dog Nation audience, Jeff? <laughs> it's a wonderful night here on Before the Hedge. just brought to you by Kroger. I tell you what. If there's one movie, I got a better question. What's the movie that you watched all the time with your parents that you identify so strongly with Christmas? For me, it's a wonderful life because my mom had that thing playing over and over and over. You'd watch it and make you feel good about the world, make you feel good about yourself. I don't even know what a building and loan was, the Bailey building and loan was, but for a while there, I was like, man... That's a horrible place to work because they almost put George Bailey out on the street, and they did. Made made the man go crazy, but such a great – I mean, that, that's one of my all-time top five for sure. I do feel like we need to address with the crowd what we were talking about earlier. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And, Jeff, if so, why or why not? Awesome. I saw I – I went to a Christmas party about maybe four or five years ago, and I saw somebody dress up a, 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 huh? dress up like a character from Die Hard. They had the, like – stapler tape to their back or whatever for a Christmas party and like that was their Christmas outfit they were dressed as like um they were dressed as John McClane did you know the name of that character Kaylee if I was to tell you who was the lead character in Die Hard movie would you be able to tell me John McClane I would have said Bruce Willis (laughs) you just said Bruce Willis but of course it is a Christmas movie I've seen shirts recently those you know those cool kids that walk around and they try to act like they have cutting edge fashion or whatever i've seen uh i've seen a t-shirt recently that said nakatomi plaza established 1985 or whatever it was they were wearing that thing and it was it was in christmas colors as well so i think die hard is absolutely a christmas movie for many many reasons what do you what's everybody else think is it a christmas movie kaylee i i've seen that and then randy hall gave us christmas with the cranks that's a good one i forgot about yes that is a very good one um so we were we were at um last week i was in florida with family and we were trying to decide on thanksgiving night what was the christmas movie we're gonna watch and here were the contenders four christmases have you seen that one the one with uh reese witherspoon and vince vaughn four christmases and then arthur christmas the animated movie and then Christmas with the Cranks. That just feels like something I'm going to have to deal with in my life when my daughter Hannah comes back from college. I just can feel myself going through a Christmas in the Cranks moment. 
And we'll wrap up with this. Jacob O'Neill says y'all can't leave out the Home Alone movies. Jacob O'Neill, let me just make it very clear that a conversation was had before this show started going on that Home Alone is the best Christmas movie ever. Hold on now. I'm going to have to go back and look through this show and get an air check to make sure Kaylee Mansell did not just make that up. You did not make that up. That's your favorite Christmas movie, That's right? That's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, and then Christmas Vacation. <laughs> have you? Kaylee hasn't seen this because we were talking about this before the show, but how many of you guys have seen the Google remake where hopefully they gave Macaulay Culkin about $2 million to recreate using Google Home Automation to recreate the epic, the most classic scenes of Home Alone? I'm, I, I saw that commercial. I know I didn't dream it around Thanksgiving in between football and a food coma for turkey, but they remade that thing for Google, proving that everybody has a price tag. There's literally a 42-year-old, 45-year-old Macaulay Culkin doing, recreating all those scenes there for Google. All right, we'll make this the last question of the night. Trey from Facebook says, all I want for Christmas is a playoff semifinal run. Jeff and Kaylee, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, man. Kaylee, what do you want? Like 10 hours of sleep (laughs) and some Dunkin' K-Cups and a three-peat. Is that so much to ask for? That's what you want? Yeah. You want your Groundhog Day I to have Dunkin' ou- Shake I want a full 10 hours of sleep, like start to finish, no waking up, nothing. That would just be the best Christmas ever. And to wake up, have a dunk, have a K-cup of some sort, hot coffee, and then wow. a, a third national championship would be great. But <laughs> I'll take Yeah, go I for three get. in 2023. And most people would say they want for Christmas what the dogs gave them last year for Christmas, right? Is that, would that be – or the year before – for Christmas, I just want my kids to be happy. I know that's a sappy type thing to say, but like, I want everybody to push off all the stress of the season. I hope all the presents just come together, and that's not the biggest thing, and it's just an awesome time. Can you tell it's not even December yet? We're talking about Christmas already, but big game on Saturday. Um, before I thought there was a really cool uh, quote. I saw Tyler Booker. Tyler Booker, the offensive lineman, for Alabama. He was a former five-star, played at IMG Academy, really tried hard to recruit Ellis Robinson the fourth to Alabama. He said it best this week is he said, if you ask anybody at Georgia, there was a time when they thought they were going to play at Alabama. And if you ask anybody at Alabama, there was a time that they thought they were going to play at Georgia. Of course, Carson Beck used to be a the commitment uh, to play quarterback at Alabama. Lots of recruiting storylines back and forth, and they're going to tee it up on Saturday inside Mercedes-Benz to figure out who is the champion of the Southeastern Conference for the 2023 season. Uh, The dogs and the tide, this is as good as it gets. Hopefully, this Before the Hedges program has brought you something. If you guys like the show, how about giving it a like? Consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. But most importantly, make sure you go up and down those aisles at Kroger for all your five-star groceries, for all your holiday party needs, for all your Kroger boost needs, for uh, the best uh, ways to fill the stockings of your loved ones you possibly can. I'm Jeff Sintel. That has been your intel. Everybody be well. We'll see you guys again next week and also on the pages of dognation.com. For Jay Black, for Kaylee Mansell, I'm Jeff Sintel. And you guys have yourself a great weekend. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. 
So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life, I never settle. 